you call him daddy? Do I call her daddy? Call her daddy. (laughs) This episode is presented by Sparkling Ice. Turn up summer with sparkling ice. They have over 17 anything but subtle flavors, all made with zero sugar and packed with vitamins and antioxidants. Iced tea and lemonade, strawberry watermelon, tropical punch, peach nectarine. Yum. Crank up the flavor, sparkling ice, anything but subtle. This episode is brought to you by BetterHelp. Daddy Gang, I get that there are some things you don't want to share, but bottling everything up inside can truly have some awful consequences. I remember growing up, I guess, honestly, the the truth is I was getting bullied and I was like so embarrassed to tell my family that because at home I was fine, but at school it was tough for me. And I just remember feeling so awful about myself and I kept it to myself and I dealt with it by myself and it literally just caused truly maybe like a decade of trauma. And later in life, now that I've processed it, I'm like, damn, I would have been so much better off if I had just talked to someone about it. It didn't even have to be my parents. Talking helps a lot. And if you want a safe space for that conversation, I recommend therapy. I have had such an incredible relationship and experience with therapy. I was so ready to get better and to better myself and understand myself more. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, convenient, and flexible. It's easy to get started. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist. You can even switch therapists whenever you need to for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash daddy today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash daddy. Two years ago, I became pregnant with a baby I desperately wanted. During a routine ultrasound, I learned that the fetus would have a fatal condition and never survive. I had to flee my own state to receive treatment. I think Donald Trump bears an incredible amount of responsibility for these restrictive laws. We need leaders that will protect our rights, and that's Joe Biden and Kamala Harris. I'm Joe Biden, and I approve this message. Oh my fucking God, what the fuck is up, Daddy Gang? It is your founding father back at it again for another episode of Call Her Mother Fucking Daddy. Hi, hello, what the fuck is up? It's been a minute. Door number three came all over my $12,000 couch. What? Daddy Gang, you're like, I'm sorry, Alex, I'm just trying to get my bearings here. And you say, what? Listen, I'm saying $12,000 because it really does have to like, it adds to the story. It's not a flex. Listen to what happened to my life. I quickly mentioned it on a vlog and people were like, huh? So I just need to like get it out there. I can't even talk about anything else in the episode, but I just want to tell you this because I genuinely think this symbolizes how my life is going. Okay. So I like to be sedentary. I like to be horizontal. I like to lay down. It's my favorite pastime. It's what I like to do all day, every day. So my entire life, I have wanted a restoration hardware cloud couch. Okay. I get my new contract and I'm like, I literally make a little fund for this restoration hardware couch. A Chanel bag, a fucking Celine, a Birkin, no, a fucking cloud couch, okay? So this is my life dream. Finally, I purchase the restoration hardware cloud couch. 
In total, it's $12,000. That is disgusting. That is so ridiculous. But it's what I wanted to spend my fucking money on, okay? I know this is first world problems, but this is my fucking podcast. And this is what's happening right now. So listen. So I buy the couch. And the first person to christen my apartment is door number three with me, okay? He comes over. As you guys know, door number three has been someone in my life for a very long time that is like my ride or die. I hate that fucking saying. Let's take that back. Rewind. He's like been my day one go-to first guy. I was like truly like, wow, I really am in love with this person. Great. Okay. But we're not together because we can't be together. <laughs> what What is a relationship here on Caller Daddy? We're going to get into that later. But so he comes over, he comes to New York and he comes to my apartment for the first time. I have had my restoration hardware couch. Okay. I have had this couch for two days. I haven't even really sat on it because I want it to say pluff and fluff and pluff isn't a word. Pluff and fluff. Okay. I want it to say looking amazing for when he comes. I'm like, oh my God, first man in my apartment. This is going to be epic. Door number three comes over. <laughs> Door number three sits down on the couch with me. Door number three and I play a movie. Door number three and I start to fuck. Obviously, tensions are high. He starts making out with me. He goes on my pants. The whole thing is getting hot and heavy. And it's in the moment. So it's hot and it's amazing and it's steamy. And we start fucking and we're fucking. And all of a sudden, his penis is about to come everywhere. And I'm like, yeah, baby, come, whatever, blah, blah, blah. Okay, he pulls out and starts coming on my stomach. But it's kind of one of those where it like drizzles up to the belly button and it's down and he's kind of like putting a little bit in the pussy region, whatever. All of a sudden, I'm kind of like knocked the fuck out of like my fun, like, oh my God, door number three is back and we're fucking. And I realize... I realize we are on my $12,000 fucking couch and there is cum all over my fucking restoration hardware couch. Okay. In this moment, I go from being in a euphoric, amazing, oh, I just got my brain fucked state to holy fucking shit. I shove door number three off. I start bawling my eyes out. He's like, what, what, what is going on? Like, imagine him being like, we're having a great moment. Oh, like passionate, hot, amazing sex. And I'm like, get the fuck off me. He's like, oh shit. I am like, get a fucking towel. I look down. Semen is seeping, seeping into my performance velvet couch. Okay. So I'm crying. I don't know how to get up to because the semen is just coming off of my stomach, rolling off my pussy onto the couch more and more. So I quickly flip onto my fucking stomach onto the carpet. So now there's semen also on my fucking carpet. And he comes over and I'm like, I don't even, how do you clean semen off a couch? I don't know. So I'm like, hold on, hold on. Don't rub it. Don't do fucking anything. The one person in my life that I want to call is my mother. <laughs> now, the woman is a woman of many, many, many fucking talents. But Lori Cooper, she knows how to get everything. A stain is her bitch. However, my mother was so excited for me to get this couch. I knew it would break her heart if I fucking called her. And I was like, hey, mom, <laughs> door number three just splooged everywhere. Granted, he is her favorite, but I'm like, it doesn't match up. I can't, I can't break my mother's heart. She hasn't even seen the couch in person. And if she knows that there's semen all over this couch, we will not recover from this. Our relationship will be strained for at least a year. So I Google how to get semen out of couch, how to get semen out of velvet, how to get semen out of restoration hardware performance velvet couch. 
we get nothing. We get nothing. So I start dabbing it with a towel. Dabbing, dabbing, dabbing. I'm having a panic attack. Poor door number three. Actually, no, fuck him. I was going to say, poor door number three, like, he didn't even fully get to finish coming. Like he was like mid, like jacking off, finish coming on my stomach when I shoved him off. So imagine as a man, like you're having that, like, oh, you're not even hitting the post nut yet. You're in your like literally blackout. I am coming. Nothing is greater in this moment. And then you have my bitch screaming, crying in your face before you even get your full nut out of your dick. So he like had run to the bathroom and like literally come is seeping out of his wiener hole. The whole situation was very, um, it was very hard on our relationship. I felt uncomfortable. I felt upset. He offered to pay for an extra cushion for me. I mean, what a fucking G. Um, and gentleman, I mean, not a gangster. Gentleman. What a gentleman. I said no. And eventually I kept blotting. I kept blotting. I, fl- I ended up flipping over the couch cushion. And when my mother came, I was like, mom, look at the couch. <laughs> now, listen, it didn't it, it, it still pains me to this day because the semen is there. But it also is kind of like a symbolic reminder, like door number three will always be with me, even on my fucking twelve thousand dollar couch. Welcome to call her daddy this week, motherfucker. So that's kind of like symbolizes how my life is going right now. How are you guys doing? You're like, you know what, Alex, we were doing fine until you quickly just blacked out and told us that some man fucking came on a couch. And what is a performance velvet? Well, clearly the performance in the fucking velvet isn't so performative because my fucking couch is fucked. Anyways, Daddy Gang, welcome back to the fucking show. <sighs> okay. <laughs> I just let's all take a deep breath. The couch, the cum, you, me, back at it again. Um, I how am I feeling today? I'm feeling good. Um, I'm feeling all right. I wouldn't say I'm at my best. You know when you go on vacation and you come back and people are like, um <laughs> they're like, they're like, do you feel so refreshed? And you're like, no, I actually need another fucking vacation from my motherfucking vacation. That's kind of how I feel. But it actually was like a very smooth sailing situation. And I couldn't be happier. I feel very zen right now. So I'm trying to get back into the toxicity. <laughs> the toxicity that is my show called Her Motherfucking Daddy. Um, we've had two weeks off. And at this point, I could straight up be dating fucking Slim Shady again. (laughs) You're like, what? It's like, we don't know. Like, what? So much can happen in two weeks. I could get engaged. You don't even know. I'm probably fucking pregnant at this point. With whose baby? We don't know. (laughs) Okay, I'm like, like, kind of like lightly blacking out. We're fine. So this is this is where I want to take the episode. I mentioned on social media that I am, well, everyone fucking knows I'm in therapy. Everyone's like, so Alex, that's, that's so obvious that if you, even if you weren't in therapy, we'd be genuinely concerned until you need to get into it. Don't worry. I've got it covered. I'm taking care of it. I am in therapy. So every week I talk to my therapist about my life about the show, about the daddy gang. Does the daddy gang like Alex this week? Does the daddy gang fucking hate Alex this week? The mood is contingent upon the daddy gang and the DMs that I receive. That is the most unhealthy thing. My therapist would be like, Alex, we've worked on it. You do not measure your (laughs) self-worth based off of DMs. And I'm like, Yes, I do. (laughs) Yes, I do. Did they like the episode? No. Okay. I am nothing. So yeah, you guys can tell a lot to work on, a lot to work on. Anyways, so I'm sitting in Zoom therapy with my therapist as I'm coming off of my amazing vacation. And I have to admit 
like when I got back to New York from going to the Hamptons, going to LA, I felt somewhat depressed. Like, you know, when you have, like, especially in Corona right now, I haven't been seeing people. And then finally I'm with people, social distancing, masks on, please don't come for me. But I'm doing my best to like somewhat have some social interaction. And then I get back to New York and I walk into my apartment and I'm by myself. I live alone, which I do love. But after being with people for a second, especially in Corona, I came home and I was like, this is the this is the darkest days. (laughs) This is so depressing. So where am I in my life quickly? I think I need to do I'm it's getting I'm gonna get like two for two seconds a little deep here. I feel like I've been cracking jokes this entire time. Um, basically right now in my life, I think Corona for me personally has been a time of a lot of self realization and alone time. And as much as I'm depressed, sometimes when I'm in my apartment, it's been forcing me to focus on what do I want in my life? Who do I want to surround myself with? And I've had a lot of time to think about who I started as when I started the Caller Daddy podcast over two years ago and who I am now. And I think there's a lot of content in my mind that I want to talk about because I think for the first time in my life, I, and it's the craziest thing for me to say out loud, but I'm dating multiple people that I have genuine relationships with and they're fucking semi-healthy, which is bizarre. I know Alex Cooper, what? Um, So I think that's what I want to I want to talk about that. I want to let you guys know that like, whoa, and having multiple people doesn't mean I'm being unhealthy. I'm being honest that I'm dating multiple people to these men. Um, But I think that who I am now compared to where I started the show, like my dating style has changed and I haven't been able to fully roll that out for you guys and articulate that because I think sometimes I'm scared to be healthy on this show because I know I'm like so stuck in the ways of the old show and like what it was and I think finally I'm like okay hold on that's literally not what I'm doing anymore it will always be a part of me but I do think it's also kind of like okay what else and trust me there's a lot of what else but I just I I haven't really gone there with the show and here we go. I'm excited. So I think next week I'm going to kind of outline for you guys like what the fuck has been going on in my life. And I hope you guys can understand like why I've been a little bit hesitant. But I hope you guys can also be supportive and come along on this journey with me. Because I think we've we it's like we literally started as babies where we're like cheat on him, cheat on her. And we'll always play games. But it's like we can also level up and be like, all right. I think the best test is, can you even be fucking healthy? Because if you can be unhealthy and you know how to be healthy, then you win at both. So that's the new journey. And I want you guys to come along with me. Don't freak out. It's going to be fine. This episode is brought to you by Prime Video. I am a certified rom-com addict. I love watching movies and shows that are funny and cute and romantic and make me want to cuddle up to Matt, okay? And Prime Video feeds that addiction. Mr. and Mrs. Smith, Donald Glover, and Maya Erskine kind of love each other, kind of hate each other, and really love to rip each other's clothes off. Dare I say... 
better than the original. My Lady Jane, a hilarious, heartwarming, and sometimes steamy historical reimagining of the story of Lady Jane Grey. You can watch both of these and a whole lot more on Prime Video. You can also indulge in even more rom-com classics by adding channels like Max, Stars, and Paramount Plus. Prime Video, find your favorite flirty rom-coms all in one place. Restrictions apply. Prime membership required for add-on subscriptions. See amazon.com slash amazon prime for details. This episode is brought to you by Curology. If you have particular skincare challenges, it can be really frustrating to waste time and money on products that just are absolutely not formulated for you. That is why I'm so excited to recommend Curology. I have personally struggled with acne my whole life. And I'll look at someone on YouTube or TikTok or Instagram and be like, should I buy those products? No, I do not have the same skin as them. So I should not be treating it the same. Curology's personalized prescriptions are formulated to treat your individual skin needs from acne to the earliest signs of aging. All you have to do is go online take a quick quiz, and you will be connected to a licensed dermatology provider that will create a custom formula based on your skincare needs. If you're ready to start your skincare journey and start seeing results, here is a special offer just for you. Visit Curology.com slash call her daddy for a special offer. That's Curology, C-U-R-O-L-O-G-Y.com slash call her daddy. Offer applies only to your first box, subject to consultation, new subscribers only, subscription required. This episode is brought to you by UGG. Who's ready to create some core memories this spring, Daddy Gang? Rally the squad. We're packing up and heading out on a road trip in UGG. Y'all know I live in my UGG classic boots. Well, now it's time to swap out the boots for the sandal of the season, the golden glow, because you already know UGG season is year round, baby. Shop the golden collection at UGG.com. Dati gang, hello. Um, okay. I'm really excited because in the spirit of feeling like I want to be as inclusive on this show as possible. We need to have people of color. We need to have people of different sexualities. I hear you, and I want that as well. Um, So this is kind of exciting because I am very self-aware in the fact that I would never speak on experiences that, like, I've never experienced. Why the fuck would I do that, you dumb bitch? Um, And today we have someone on the show that is bisexual, very open about her journey towards coming out and being open about sexuality and depression etc and it's just a fucking awesome interview and I'm really excited to have this person on yes she is a musician and yes she is extremely successful but that is not why I'm having her on um I have so much respect for her in that aspect but the truth is is I think her story hopefully is going to be so relatable to so many of you that I personally could never bring to the Caller Daddy podcast. I will never pretend to know what it's like to come out to someone's family and to come out and and go through those struggles. So I'm so fucking excited. Get your panties bunched up because you're going to fucking cream them soon. (laughs) What? Guys, I'm so excited. Here we fucking go. Introducing... Maggie Lindman. Did oh I say your name? Yeah, right? you did. Yes. You did. <laughs> no, everyone gets my last name wrong. Oh my so, god, so I got it right. Yeah, you did. How are you? 
I'm good. You're good. I yeah. saw your snap today. You were feeling anxiety and I was like, oh, fuck. Like, is it because of my show? No. Oh, no. No bigger issues. No, in life. I've literally been having anxiety for like dead ass the past. I don't even know, like a week straight. It's but I insane. also feel like Corona. It's like, OK, what do we expect? I feel like everyone's in the weirdest position in their life. Like yeah. Everyone is feeling uncomfortable. Everyone's just sad, emotional <laughs> yeah. and like crying. I'm like, I don't cry. Like, what is this? What's a tear? And yeah, so literally. I understand. So. I think a lot of it's going to be interesting to see like how many people from your world know who I am and my world know who you are. Yeah. And I'm so excited for this collab because guys, Maggie is a singer yes. and your music is so <laughs> first I was going to be like, guys, her music is really depressing. It's amazing. <laughs> and and no, and I know this sounds weird, but like your music is the kind of music that I listen to. Like, you know, when you're sad and then you're like, I want to literally pour so much salt in this fucking yeah. wound and I want to be more oh, yeah. sad. Yeah. And that is like some of your music is really sad, but I love it. Mm -hmm. And I want to talk about it because I'm like, are you a sad person? Is that like fucked oh up God. to just be like, hi, Maggie, are you really sad? <laughs> am I really sad? Isn't an act? No, I really am sad. Um, <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> no, I no, am. this is good. Well, like, okay. I mean... Yeah, I feel like, okay, I'm a cancer, so I'm just, like, oh. the most dramatic person ever. Okay, me talking about, like, my zodiac sign defines me. Wait, no, because no, I'm but a like, Leo, and, like, I'm the complete opposite. I'm, like, a psycho, and, like, <laughs> I just, like, don't have feelings. Yeah. This is good. No, yeah, I just feel like I'm such an emotional person, okay. and... I don't know. Like, everything makes me sad, honestly. No, wait. I actually kind of love that because I was thinking, like, Daddy Gang, the reason I wanted to have Maggie on is, like, I have so much respect for how open you are with your fans. For so long, I have had so many listeners wanting me to talk about the LGBTQ community and mm -hmm. talk about, um, oh, my gosh, why don't you talk about lesbian love and gay love and I'm like listen I fully support what I don't want to do is ever speak about something that I don't have personal experience about because I just think it's fucked up when people are like guys I have like the advice for you and it's like no yeah. bitch you literally you that's not your life yeah. so I want to kind of like go through you and your sexually liberated life I feel like you've been very open about your sexuality from what I've read yeah um tell us a little bit about your like sexual journey yeah so Okay, well, being from Texas, like, <laughs> if you're from anywhere that's not, like, I don't know, New yeah, York, dude, Florida, Texas, right. California, you're from, like, yeah. Texas. You saying Texas, Texas like, I'm like, oh, my God, are you, were you shunned? Like, what the fuck? Yeah, Texas is scary. Uh, <laughs> but I don't know, it's just, like, a very conservative state. Right. And so my whole life, I mean, my parents, I'm lucky to have the parents I have because they're very accepting. Okay. But, uh, yeah, I knew from a pretty young age, I mean... I, but I never really understood the concept of, like, bisexuality. Like, I knew there was gay and I knew there was straight, but I never really right. knew about that, like, in-between. And actually, the first time I felt, like, a real connection with a girl was someone that was very androgynous. Oh, so okay. I thought, like, that was, like, my excuse was like oh she's like androgynous right. so it's not really like like it's it's like kind of like still like a guy but yeah like, whatever, like, it, like it, she still kind of looks like a guy so like right. it so doesn't it count sense. yeah right. but um eventually I was just like oh yeah like no you're bisexual yeah yes. first of all I like commend you so much for just being honest and open and like yeah. that must have been I can imagine as much as I'm sitting here like yay go Maggie like <laughs> I'm assuming there were 
really hard fucking times in your life because as shitty as it is like as much as we have tried to normalize like be whatever the fuck you want to be and own it and love it there's yeah. it's still looked at by some people in the world it's like wh- what do you mean you're not straight like what yeah. the fuck and that I can't even get into that conversation because it makes me so <laughs> mad but yeah. I think my audience would love to hear like your journey of coming out and like how did you first come out and how did you tell your family and like how did you decide to come out kind of yeah, so I think I had just turned 18. I'm okay. pretty sure I was, like, newly 18. Okay. And um, I'd done this shoot with Galore. And there was, like, this pillow uh, that said something about, like, se- like sexuality and not being straight. Yeah. And I literally saw that, and it just felt like such a sign. And I was oh like, God. I was just like, okay, I have to do this. So I went home, and I just was, like, sobbing. And I actually... <laughs> texted my parents in a group chat and I was just like this is how it is and I'm I'm fortunate because I wasn't even living with my parents anymore and I and you know I pay my own bills and all that so my I'm like fortunate that I had that like you know I'm not still under their roof but they were very supportive of it um they were kind of just like yeah like we figured a little bit you know And then when I told my friends the same thing, like I just texted them and I was like, I don't know if you guys know, but I'm about to like do this live stream and tell everyone and I want you guys to know first. And literally all my friends were like, girl, like girl, we know, we, know. We, <laughs> we do bitch and we fucking yeah, love you still. Yeah, we knew. And I was like, wow, wait, what? So wait, how the fuck did you decide to come out to your parents via text? Like, were you like, should I call them? Should I text them? Like, I feel yeah. like that's like kind of a hard moment to be like, what the fuck do I do? I'm just so bad with confrontation. I okay. hate confrontation. That makes sense. So if I'm going to confront someone text. or it's not like, well, like if I'm going to like bitch someone out, I'm like good at that in person. But right, like right. when it's something that I'm like, yes, eh. like holding close to you, you're yeah. like, I'm going to slide this in a text. Yeah. Maybe they'll miss the text. Yeah. Maybe, maybe they won't they just, even see it. You know, won't see it. But I don't know. I just felt like that was did you the best. Did you think that your parents had any idea? Like, did you think you were about to shock their world or no? Yeah. Really? And yeah. then were you shocked when they were like, we kind of knew? Yeah, they were. Yeah. Okay, I, well, because growing up, my parents were always like, oh, my God, you're so boy crazy. And oh. I was like. Ah, <laughs> you're like, oh, I'm and like, girl okay. crazy. Yeah. Like, oh. <laughs> you're like, wait, mom. Yeah. Um, there's For so sure. many things <laughs> happening right now because you just casually are like, and then like I was going to go live and like do it on a live stream. Yeah. So, like, <laughs> uh, we need to get into that. What the fuck? Like how? Yeah. How did that go down? I don't. No, I'm really impulsive, and okay. I think that was definitely an impulse thing because also when I look at that live, it's so embarrassing because I'm, no. like, crying, and no. I'm, like, I like girls, and it's so <laughs> – it's just so cringe. But it's also, like, you've got to respect it because, like, that's where you were in your, like, yeah. that moment of life. Like, when yeah. I look back at myself when I'm, like, 18 to 20, I'm, like, so what was I doing? Like, yeah. Alex, what are you doing? Like, what? So I, I get you must be, like, oh, my God, why the fuck did so I do that? But – how what was the response the response was pretty good but I think because I was like so emotional a lot of people didn't think it was real like a lot of people were like oh she's just like mocking people or like just didn't think I was being genuine right but it was like publicity yeah but it's literally just because I'm an emotional person and and you couldn't help it under pressure I just always am like I'm gonna cry. I'm gonna cry. I'm gonna cry. I'm gonna cry. You're like, worst comes to worst to start crying. Yeah. So the fact that you made the decision to like come out on a live, like, I respect you for that, but also fucking terrifying. And like, there's obviously, I'm sure you've thought about different ways you could have come out, but like, Uh, once you came out, obviously expecting maybe you experienced some type of hate once you came out yeah well again I think I'm really fortunate because I do live in California and things are just way more accepted here yeah but I also think because I'm like 
girly girl and yeah. I'm like attracted to like girly girls. Right, <laughs> so right, right, right. I think there's like it's less of like a hate thing and more of like I feel like it's very fetish fetish yes yeah and it's that kind of makes me feel uncomfortable okay uh, because like I remember when I came out my ex-boyfriend literally was like oh so does this mean we can have a threesome and I was like, bro, like, you're first like, of all, no, you. <laughs> you're like, first of all, you're my ex. So you're my ex. Up. Like, don't so, text me. So, like, literally get out of my face and, like, <laughs> yeah. you're never having sex with me again. Second of all, fuck yeah, off. Third of all, what? fuck off. Oh, fuck. Yeah. So, I, I get, I know, it, that is such a good point. I've never even thought about it like that. Like, guys fetishizing lesbians and yeah. being like, oh, my God, it's so hot. Like, let's see you make out. I, I can imagine that being frustrating for you, like you're saying, because you're going for women that are like you're a girly girl and you're going for girly girls. Yeah. And maybe it's not your stereotypical lesbian couple. Yeah. So people are like, this is so hot. Maggie, make out. And you're like, yeah. So like, how do you get the confidence to own your sexuality and not be so in your head that people are judging you because you're bisexual? And can you kind of like walk me through, like, how do you mentally just like be okay with like oh yeah I am bisexual and it's amazing and I love it and I'm not gonna let anyone make me feel a certain way just because of like what society says we should or should not do yeah I mean I feel like for me I've definitely owned it but it does make it hard sometimes like in relationships um with boys or girls like I think sometimes being in a relationship for a long time you feel like you're missing something oh, of like okay like, I see a lot of people talking about this, how they'll, like, be in a relationship with a guy and they'll be just, like, wanting a girlfriend. That's but it's just because when you're attracted to both, it's, like, they both bring different things to the right. table, you know? How does that – has that affected your boyfriends in the past? Like, do, are they insecure about it? Yeah. <laughs> um, my ex was definitely insecure about it. Like, just, like – well, my boyfriend now is amazing. He's right. so understanding and he's just literally the best. But – there's been times, yeah, where I think it does make guys, like, a little insecure because it's, like, oh, is that just, like, your girlfriend or is that, right. like, a girl that you're trying to, like, right. talk to? And with girls, it's especially hard to tell because, like, right. if you're flirty with a guy, like, yeah, you, you get it, you know, you get but if you're it. flirty yeah. with a girl, like, girls are just like that, even if yes. you're straight. Like, you when know? you see a girl in the bathroom, like, it's, like, are we in love or, like, are you my best friend or what? Yeah. You get, like, girls are yeah. just like it's that. It's just different. That is, that's extremely challenging. I can imagine. I think, um anyone that's listening to this podcast right now that is like struggling with their sexuality struggling to like come out struggling to be like oh my god are my parents gonna literally disown me like do you have any advice for them that like you've now I know it's like only four years but still that wisdom that you've like kind of gotten over the years yeah I think it's just don't feel pressured to do anything if you feel like because I feel like a lot of the times people are like, oh, you just need to come out. And if your parents don't accept you, then like, fuck it. Right. But if you really feel like there's going to be a bad outcome and you're not ready for that, I really think, um, you know, you should like consider that and just do what you need to do to get by in the moment. Yeah. Um, but I also think that it's really important to own yourself and like be yourself and be authentic. So. I just think you need to take the time you need and just really think about it because it is like, you know, it is a big deal to some people. I don't know. I just want to rush things. I think that's one thing that I just wish I knew when I was younger that it's not something that I needed to label myself with and I didn't need to. If it's something that I wanted to keep personal, like I could keep right. personal, you know, you didn't I didn't need, to, need explain. to. Yeah, you don't need to explain yourself to anyone, in, including your parents. Honestly, I think if I didn't have a platform I probably wouldn't have ever came out to my family That's interesting. um I mean eventually they would have like found out but I don't think it would have been something that was so dramatic I right. genuinely think I think the main reason I wanted to come out so bad was just because 
I was in LA and I just wanted people to know honestly like I wanted to I didn't want to keep having these like straight relationships and then like girls would just not want to talk to me because they thought I was straight that's literally like the main reason wait that is so fucking interesting can I ask you like so yeah you kind of have to put out feelers like wait guys I'm down to hook up with girls wait like like, I don't just like dick like I would love to hook up with you and like how do you let a girl know because now that I'm thinking about it like how the fuck would they know it's so weird um I don't know I feel like it's like so weird because there are like I said, like so many straight girls will still like hook up with you. Right. And then they'll be like, ha, ah, sorry, I'm straight. Like, oh it's just my, for is fun. that so annoying? And it's so frustrating because it's like, if you are straight, like, I think that's something that you should definitely tell someone. Yeah. Like early on. I'm assuming, have you been in situations where you've hooked up with a girl and then she's like, no, 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 that's. I'm that was like I was drunk and like we're just I'm like straight I was just it was just doing it for fun yeah it's happened drunk and not drunk okay so like yeah so sorry I'm getting no it's okay it's okay um I'm pulling from this one situation specifically okay we're just like friends for a while okay and then she just started making a lot of like comments okay uh just like insinuating it and one night we went out to this club and we just like both got drunk and then we just like hooked up and then it was fine and then it just like we just like kept hanging out and then we would just like hook up drunk or not drunk right so eventually like I was like oh cool like she's cute you know I was like Like, okay like maybe I'll yeah like maybe I'll just try it a little more and then it was like oh no she's straight like oh no I'm straight like I just you're like, oh, yeah. you did you just black out like the past? Couple I know. Nights I'm that we like, up? like what? And wait, how did like, wait, how what? did she bring that up? Like, was she like defensive? Like, what happens in those no? Moments? It wasn't. It was just like, oh no, definitely straight, hundred percent straight. Then you're like, so so what are you doing? I'm like, oh okay, it didn't seem like it, but oh, okay. but like, what can you do? You know, no, you can't, yeah, that, can't do I mean, anything. That's why it fuck. sucks though, because you're just like, it's not like it's just a person that is. Right. Like, does like girls and then they're just like oh sorry I don't like you right it's like no I just don't like I'm just not attracted right. to you like that and it's, it's like, so wait. fucked because the amount of like how glamorized I think it is like I remember in high school when all the girls were like let's make out and the yeah. guys are gonna think it's so fucking hot yeah and then here you are saying like you know like you're hooking up with a girl and then she's like no I'm just straight and then it's like no why the fuck are you hooking up with me yeah like what are you doing I don't know. I, it's just like getting rejected, like yeah. getting rejected by anyone, like yeah. getting put in a friend zone. It's just like, oh, shit, that kind of hurts. But like, right. When you hooked up with your first girl, like, do you, were you more experienced or was she more experienced? Uh, she was. A lot of the girls who you hooking up with, like, are they bi or are they just lesbian? Um, at first it was just lesbian. That's so interesting. Yeah. But there's this weird stigma around like bi girls and like oh, okay. the lesbian community for some reason. Wait, what is that? It's I like this it. biphobia. It's so weird, but a lot of lesbians will not like Hook talk with- like date or talk to bi girls because um because you also because like you also like guys and they're like penises are disgusting. Yeah. Fuck out of our face. How dare you yeah. even look at them? Wow. But like I've met I mean the lesbians I know are great. They don't think like yes. that, but I have ran into like people that are like, people oh, that bi. are like that, and they're and they give you yeah, they're like, oh, you're bi, and I'm like, yeah, and they're like, oh, like, ugh. but oh obviously and that's not the whole community. I don't right, wanna, right, like, right. Bash the whole no, community. no, no, of course not. But um, there are a lot. It's just like this. Wow. Yeah. I love talking about real shit like depression and anxiety because everyone listening to this show you've been fucking sad in your life went through some type of moment where you were feeling anxious or had anxiety 
and you <laughs> Maggie your music is really fucking depressing sometimes <laughs> and um what like can you kind of I don't mean to get too dark but like wh- how, like what is your life story a little bit like where did this dark depression sadness come from like did you get bullied when you were younger like what's yeah. that uh no yeah I got bullied well I also got on Instagram really early so oh. I was on like Instagram and Tumblr when I was like in 2011 I think I got on literally so a oh. long ass time oh so you were an early bird up in that bitch. yeah oh whoa yeah and and okay looking back on it like I was definitely super cringy okay but it's fine but, oh, but were I'm we like, all back then yeah but I'm like a kid I'm yeah. like in middle school at this point you know what I mean yeah. like what did Wait, you expect? I feel like weren't you kind of like you almost got famous because I feel like you had like Tumblr. I was on Tumblr. And that I says just, it all. Yeah. T- yeah. Emotions. Yeah. And like if you were on Tumblr in 2011, just by the way, yeah. like the worst place. Oh, my ever. God. Wait. Like, yeah. Just what, what, terrible. what? Tell us. It was just I mean, that's when they had like thin spows. OK, but actually oh. I'm singing a lot now on like TikTok. It's like the same. It's like reliving. It's TikTok terrible. Is the most unhealthy platform. It's terrible. It's like you see how they censor. Like everyone looks a specific way. Like I mm-hmm. read an article where they like filter out people that are overweight, and yeah. then also the backgrounds. If it doesn't look like you're in a rich location, they filter it really? out. Really? Yeah. And I was like, wow. this makes so much fucking sense. When you go on TikTok, all you see is yeah. white bitches in really big mansions. Yeah, literally. And I'm like, what the fuck? And it's mentally that fucks you and yeah. i'm like i don't understand why it, people it re- literally up. reminds me of tumblr uh because back then i mean yeah it was like all white people like thin lips blue eyes blonde hair like that was like the I girl remember, like the skinny that was skinny, like, like yeah like, yeah oh and like God. piercing blue eyes yes. like, that was that was like the thing and there was and it was all about like thin spos and there was like self-harm pages and oh, there was like, like and literally stuff, yeah. I remember this is so dark but <laughs> I had this like separate page where I would literally post like my progress of like my body and like my arms like my wrists when I would cut myself and people would literally be like oh my god good job you're almost at your goal weight like get skinnier you're almost there like your cuts are looking amazing. Like, it was so toxic. And I'd be like, oh, I just, like, want to kill myself today. And they'd be like, oh, you should try this, this, and this. And this Shut is, like, the, fuck the easiest way to just go. Dude, the inner. <laughs> it's Whoa. like, it's Dude, like um, I'm, like, 12. Yeah, like, wait, what's going Did your parents know you had these social media? No. Holy fuck. Yeah. So you were posting all this shit. Because I-, I think that is so crazy that you're bringing me back to the Tumblr days. Because I remember, like, seeing girls cutting themselves. And it was, like, romanticized yeah. Like glamorized like oh my god like I'm cutting myself and I'm skinny and how the like that's dark shit super dark can I ask you how long you would cut for like how like for from your life if you were that young like um I did um I think I was like 13 14 and then a little bit when I was 15 I like I commend you so much for just like saying that because I like I respect you so much. Like, I feel like it's really hard for people, obviously, to talk about that. I'm assuming yeah. you were going through a lot of shit. Yeah. That's, I have a tattoo on my knee. It says 2013 sucked because <laughs> it was the worst year of my life. Oh, my that's God. Like, wait, that's, like, kind of a dope tattoo. <laughs> thank you. That was, like, the year I, like, went to, like, a mental institution okay. and got, like, locked up. And and um, that was, like, my hardest year. That was, a, yeah. that was my ninth grade year. So Fuck, dude. That yeah. is – that age, that is the most, like, isolating – scary times because you I don't know about you but like I remember not telling my parents about stuff at that age and you you try to hide things from them and you're an adolescent you're going through puberty like there's just so many different things that you're trying in your life and it's like 
you just feel very alone yeah Mm -hmm. so you got help and then like how did you how the fuck did you become where you are like your story is amazing so like you you. went through your dark times like depression anxiety etc and like where how did you kind of like transition upwards so I was actually like on Instagram at that time and I just took a really long break and everyone was just like oh my god like did this girl like die or something like what like what happened right and then I was just gone and like because I had my phone taken away from me for like ever dude that sometimes is what you need though yeah like, I didn't have it for like five months if you were on those social media channels and you had all those people like it's so fucked up when you're communicating at that age with people around the world that you don't even fucking know and like you being like yeah. oh my god your cuts look amazing today bitch it's like you get yeah. warped into it and it's hard to stop and it's like that's where like that is where the parental control like actually is like necessary because it's like when would it have stopped and like at what cost it's so triggering it's insane it's so fucking triggering (laughs) so so then you got you kind of like went off social media for a bit yeah so I literally didn't have a phone for like five months and because obviously like in this place they also you don't have a phone you don't have internet you don't have anything right um so then after that I my my dad actually had moved to San Antonio like okay a year before this and so he was living there just like working and then he would like come back and forth to like my house okay um and then when that all happened my mom was like I literally cannot do this on my own like we're moving to San Antonio and like we need to like be with your dad because this is like too much for me a lot yeah and so like right after I got out we went straight to my new house like I didn't even I feel like that's good though right because it's almost like to go back to a place with such dark memories Mm -hmm. it's like you need to get the fuck out of there I'm lucky that I was able to able to have that yeah chance chance yeah Um, and it was cool because like everyone hated me at my old school you know so why like why do you think that was they just like hated me because of my instagram they always made fun of me and they just like i don't know they just picked on me for everything that is the fucking worst when like i think that's also a lot of people's insecurity i think a lot of people i see even on tiktok nowadays it's like there are girls that are like everyone makes fun of me um, for my TikTok at my school, but then they're yeah, like then slowly they're like, getting famous on TikTok. Yeah. And you go through this weird battle of wanting to post on the internet and wanting to have a life and, and feeling inspired and wanting to like do something. And then yeah. yet people are so fucking mean in school. Yeah. And like, it's this awful feeling where you're like, I just want to fucking leave. Like yeah. I want to live online and I don't want to be with the people in po- like, and it's just a fucked up scenario. So you got yeah. to leave. That's amazing. Yeah. I mean, most people I've met out here literally were, like, bullied. It's yeah, crazy. Like, singers, social media, like, anyone who's, like, anyone out in L.A. Yeah. is like, yeah, I was bullied. Dude, that's, like, where it's, that's actually so fucked up. It's, like, a bunch of just people that, like, literally escaped and, like, yeah. came here. And, literally. Like, it's a bunch of people that are way accepting of each other because wherever they started, it was just, like, a fucking shit show. And you yeah. couldn't feel accepted where you were. Yeah. So you move. And at this point, are you even singing? No. Oh my god! I was, like, I was like singing online, but like okay. at this point, I'm not doing shit. Like okay. I was just like mentally just Ill. trying to make it. Yeah, I'm just Got trying it. to like live. Live. Um, so I moved, and then I went to school in San Antonio for like a year. And how old were you then? I was 15. Okay. And then I moved to LA when I was 16. How did you get like like famous for singing? Like, what was the one big thing that people were like, oh? There was this video of me like joking around singing the national anthem shut the fuck up and i'm like literally joking but there's like a few notes that i was like singing for real that were like, like insane and that people like, i actually that bitch knows how to sing. yeah and my manager saw that and he was like uh Let's go. yeah can you come to the studio i want to like meet you and i want to see if you can like really sing and 
then from there I just moved to LA and I was like yeah any any chance I had to get to out get of the fuck Texas, out you went, I was yeah, like, you're like bye <laughs> leaving go, here we go yeah. wait that's amazing so you moved to LA when you're 16 mm-hmm. and wh- like what happens there do you think that you got healthier like were you were your parents nervous for you to leave and be on your own oh yeah they were nervous like I said like my parents are really supportive and I'm really lucky because yeah. they were like go do your thing that's amazing but yeah living in LA honestly has been really helpful I think wow. to me personally that's actually an amazing statement because I do feel like there are so many people that are like LA is so fucked and it's ruined me and like I'm I'm dying <laughs> out here and like I'll never find a real relationship yeah, no. but that's kind of like a refreshing thing like it, it helped you and I feel like yeah. you're I could so see that because of what you're saying about all the things in your life you're like you never felt accepted where you were you had this thing about your sexuality and then you're meeting people out here that are so liberated and owning what the fuck they are yeah so it must have been such a place for you where you're like wow I actually feel like I for the first time may belong somewhere yeah and that's an amazing feeling if you had never felt that prior Mm -hmm. so you start singing when was like when did you pop off I know one of your songs is it Pretty girl. Pretty girl. Yes. Yeah. Did you, oh, and do you write a lot of your songs? So earlier on, I wasn't writing as much. Okay. Um, like I would like, it was more of like my journals and oh. we would like talk about stuff that was like more like in my diary. Okay. But I write now, like I'm like oh fully God. writing all my stuff. Uh, but I was just like really young also. Yeah. I was like 16 when my first song came out. Oh my God. And so that's like. That is young. young. And, I, and it, I don't know. It was just like a weird situation. But for Pretty Girl, um, yeah, that was like actually came out of like a tweet and like my journal. That's like Shut how that song up. came about. And it is, is that one of your biggest songs? Right? It is. It, it is, is your biggest song. Biggest. Yeah. Holy fuck. Yeah. So literally from a tweet and then that like blew the fuck up. Yeah. I like can't get over your journey. I think it's like the most amazing thing that like you being so open and vulnerable first of all I just want to thank you and I know that the daddy gang will be so happy to have someone that was that open with them because like you speaking about where you were when you were younger and in high school to now I mean I think on so many different levels literally people can be like oh I could I could be like her like Mm -hmm. she was at her fucking lowest like she was not okay and then she is where she is today and she's doing a fucking collab with travis barker and she's making music and she's doing like that to me is like i don't care if people are like alex why did you have a singer on your show it's like that it's not about the fact that she you could be anyone it's like it your story is why i think i wanted to have you on the show it's like you being so open about your sexuality and so driven and doing so many amazing things and you're 20 22 22 (laughs) like are you fucking kidding me like i'm I'm it's an amazing story I'm so happy you came on tag yourself on Instagram uh it's just at Maggie Lindemann Maggie thank you so fucking much for coming on being so vulnerable I hope this inspires someone listening even if just one person took something from this that means so much to me and I know it means something to you so guys thank you give Maggie some love slide into her dms make her feel comfortable when this comes out because you guys know you're fucking terrifying (laughs) okay daddy gang I'm back. I'm solo. Um, Maggie currently has a new song out. It's called Knife Under My Pillow. And it's really fucking good. So go check it out. And then she has another new song coming out on Friday. So go support her. I hope you guys enjoyed having Maggie on. I think it's really important to have different perspectives on. And I also think it's cool to just have people that are different than me on. I know obviously I'm a fucking psycho outgoing very 
like energetic extrovert and I think that I know I have a lot of different people listening to this podcast and I think it was really cool to have Maggie who is more introverted and has lived a different life than me to come on so so go show her some love in her dms um I know that it seems easy but coming on this podcast and being that open and telling your life story is not fucking something that just comes easily it's it's trust me it's stressful as fuck so thank you again Maggie so much for um, coming on and sharing your story okay fuck are you guys depressed um it's sometimes you need to get a little fucking depressed we can't always be cracking fucking cum squirting jokes however however <laughs> we're gonna ramp it up a little bit now <laughs> oh fuck i hope you enjoyed that interview <laughs> chalk rufus <laughs> lily dan Blair, Dorota, <laughs> listen the fuck up. I have a little thing that I want to talk about. All of you are cringing. Don't care. Because I got a little thing that I want to introduce to you and I would like to call it. Questions of motherfucking white pipe. Questions. Questions of the motherfucking white pipe. Okay, guys, we're fucking back. I'm sorry. It's been two weeks. Let her out. Let her out of the fucking cage. Let her run wild. Let her get into it. Questions of the motherfucking week, bitches. Let's fucking go. Oh. First question from a daddy gang member. I love this one. We're getting right into it. I have been sending nudes back and forth with this boy who has a girlfriend that has been, they have been together for over a year and he cheats on her all the time with other girls. The girl doesn't even know anything about it yet. Last weekend I was at this party and he was there too and we made out very intensely, but he did, we didn't have sex. So my question is, should I feel bad for the girl and should I feel guilty for making out with him even though he has a girlfriend? Should I continue to go even further for him? Love you, Alex. Forever daddy gang. Okay. I guess my first initial reaction is always like do whatever you want sexually. But to me, I do not see the point in you spending your time on a guy that is a liar and a cheater. You said you didn't even have sex. So you don't even know if his dick game is good. And what is the point of starting something knowing he's a piece of shit? And if you think that he's going to miraculously like change for you and leave her, he won't. And you said it yourself. He cheats on her with so many girls. So like as fucked up as it is, I could see you if you were like, we're secretly in love. And like he, his girlfriend doesn't know. No, you're literally like he does this with so many bitches. So why do you want to be a part of a group of girls that some guy cheats on his girlfriend with? Like, do better for yourself. Find a guy that you can fuck that isn't fucking 10 other girls and has a girlfriend that he cheats on. I promise there are so many fucking dicks out there. Why are you wasting your time? Like, it's literally like you're being told, like, he's a piece of shit. He sucks. And you don't even know if his dick game is good. Why are you asking me this question? I love you. But like, come on, let's 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 get a little better here. Girl, when I tell you I'm a shit show and I think so many girls can relate. So let me try to summarize this as best as I can. Basically, I broke up with my recent boyfriend who ended up being a piece of shit. And my best friend was with me through it all, talking shit about him and thinking of ways to ruin his life. She even made a file on her computer called Ruin Him, filled with blackmail against him that could literally ruin his whole being. 
Anyways, after a couple of months, my best friend and ex started getting really close, all playing it off while like it was nothing and making me feel like I was the crazy one. After being totally disrespected and made to look like a dumbass, my best friend and I ended up getting into a fight and long story short, she fucked my ex. I'm just wondering how do I expose this bitch and or get revenge because she has been known to fuck other people over who are close to her and bully girls who come near guys she's interested in. Please send me some daddy gang magic. Okay. This kind of reminds me of a situation I was in in college because I've never like had a boyfriend and then one of my friends fuck him after. But I remember when I was in college, I was so obsessed with this one guy. Like my freshman and sophomore year, I had my eye on this guy that for some reason I just like personality wise was like, wait, I feel like I'm obsessed with him. Like I really want to hook up with him. And my best friend in college literally made fun of me 24 seven for having a crush on him. Like it was to the point where she was like, he's disgusting. Like, he's so ugly. Like, like she, would, she would say mean shit. Like, he looks like he has problems. Like, he's fuck. And she would put me down for liking this guy. And so I always felt so weird. I'm like, why does she, why is she so vocal about, like, how gross he is when I'm like, he's not. Like, he gets with a lot of girls. Like, I don't, I don't understand. So that was my freshman and sophomore year. Fast forward to my junior year of college. I found out through one of his friends that my friend ended up fucking him secretly. And like I was living with this girl and I found out that the guy that for my first two years who I was obsessed with, she and she put down 24 seven and she fucked him and she never told me like this was literally my best friend in college. And I just remember like in the heat of the moment, you want to walk up to those bitches and be like, you are literally disgusting good for you to fuck but like don't ever ever fucking put me down when you just spread your fucking pussy lips for what his disgusting dirty dick that you claim was so fucking nasty well guess what I didn't fuck him you did so who's the fucking gross ass bitch now but I think it's almost like with those kind of girls what is the point to go after them like literally it just you seem like such a bigger person if you just never fucking speak to them again and when they come if they do end up coming at you or come for you and they're like why are you why have you been so distant like why are you being so weird those are the type of situations where you're like I don't need drama and I'm not trying to be a bitch but like you are just not the type of girl that I fuck with and I do not want to be around because you're just not a trustworthy person and that to me is like the ugliest version of a person and then you walk the fuck away and you never talk to that bitch again girls who get like ghosted by other girls like that shit hurts more than getting called the fuck out I mean, obviously you can like get in a fucking cat fight and go at her at a party. I've had my moments where like I verbally am fucking abusing a bitch, but it's like, that's very kind of immature. And like, I've grown out of it and I'm telling you, like looking back on it, I'm like, you don't need to do that. The best revenge is honestly like, why waste your breath? She's not worth it. If she did that shit, like your words will mean nothing to her. She's just like, doesn't respect you. So why even give her the time of day? My boyfriend wants me to suck his dick until I literally throw up on him. Is that supposed to be hot? I think I would literally die of embarrassment. Is that just me? Is throwing up on a guy's dick a thing I don't know about? Please let me know. I'd love to hear from the sex birds. Love you, Alex. Okay, (laughs) here's the thing. First of all, if he is the one telling you he wants you to throw up on his dick, if he is the one that's saying he literally wants you to vomit, 
first of all, then you fucking can do it. Like when a guy is into nasty shit, there's nothing wrong you can do. And if he's verbally telling you he wants you to choke on his dick till you throw up, you can absolutely go for it, choke on his dick and throw up. The point of it being hot for a guy, I think, is that it means that you are literally taking his dick so far to the back of your throat that you can literally not breathe and it's hitting your fucking larynx and you are vomiting on his fucking cock because it's so far down your fucking throat. So to a guy that's like nasty and into it, yeah, he's like, fuck, bitch, like take all of me. I think it's kind of hot. Hey, Alex. The daddy of all daddies. Obviously, I'm a dude. Okay. And I really want to buy a vibrator for my girl slash hookup slash girlfriend. <laughs> Wait, you have a girl and your hookups and your girlfriend. Or does he mean just like anyone that he's in? the? Okay. <laughs> I don't know. Will a girl full blown send it for the O even though it's not her vibrator? Or will she be skeptical about where the vibrator has been? Oh, this is such an interesting question because I know like I know that there are men that love to have sex toys in their room and they bring them out for bitches. But I also know as a chick, if a guy just on our first hookup full blown whipped out a vibrator, I'd be like, so that's your ex-girlfriend or that's your current girlfriend that like you're just hiding all of her picture frames in your fucking like nightstands. Like what's going on? What I would do if I were you, I would buy a vibrator. Okay. And when the first time that you hook up with her, I would pretend that you don't have it. Okay. After your first hookup, like literally in person, I would make a comment to her after you fuck saying something like next time you want to get like weird with her and like you want to surprise her next time with something. So she knows you're like planning something, which is kind of cool. If I was in that situation, I'd be like, oh, fuck. okay." And then the next time you guys fuck have the vibrator and basically pretend that you bought it for her. Obviously, fucking buy it and use it on all your bitches. But on the first hookup, you don't use it. And then the second hookup after you make the comment, then you slide it in. Boom. You guys, this girl titled her anonymous name, the snap squirter. And she just goes, hey, daddy. So I just accidentally posted a video of me squirting, talking dirty on my snap story. The phone was slippery, you know? How do I come back from this? <laughs> I fucking love this. Honestly, you it's one of those things you can't come back from, but you own it. You're like, no, I was squirting on my fucking story. What were you doing on Wednesday night? Like, what are you up to, bro? I swear to God, if anything, all the guys on your fucking story are going to be like, Kate, this bitch, I want to fuck. And then all the girls are going to be low-key jealous and be like, wait, how the fuck do you squirt? <laughs> Literally, they're going to be sliding in and being like, wait, bitch, how do you squirt? Honestly, though, I, I just I don't eat. You, there's nothing you can fucking do. Those are one of those moments you have to look back and be like, I'm alive. I'm breathing. I'm healthy shit happens you move the fuck on I love you I'm so sorry that is I'm so sorry that is horrifying but shit fucking happens is it wrong to be in a serious relationship when you're young ah I feel like this whole podcast is about being single and happy and hooking up with random guys to find out what you like, but I really love the guy that I'm dating right now and I have no desire to hook up with anyone else. Is it wrong to date and fall in love with someone when you're young? Should I end it just so I can hook up with multiple people, find out what I like and be happy on my own? Okay, here's the thing. If you are in love at a young age and you are genuinely satisfied, you should stay in that relationship. That's great. 
I think where the tricky part comes and what I urge people to do is like there are just too many people that get into relationships and write in saying I feel like I should have explored more and I feel like I really wish that I could have hooked up with more people I lost my virginity to this person and now I'm gonna spend the rest of my life with them I just want to experience life I know it sounds corny but we have one fucking life and I there are some people that are down to just fuck one person and they're like I love you this is it one dick wonder but there are also other people that are like I need to try a couple different pussies I need to try a couple different dicks and that's fine it's literally just what you're into so I don't think you should feel bad listening to this podcast if you're happy and you're in love good for you um I just urge you to like don't ever stay in something the minute you have a weird little gut feeling like oh I kind of wish I was then that's when you should get out but no if you're in love fucking go for it my boyfriend and I have been dating for over a year now and I just feel like he's getting very comfortable and doesn't seem excited to see me and doesn't seem to know who he's really got what should I do I'm not going to break up with him because I love him but I do wish he would pursue me more how do I hint and make him realize he should be trying harder Okay, well, this fucking sucks. I just feel like once you get into, like, that little, like, period where, like, it's not fun and crazy anymore, it's, like, the scariest part. Like, dating is nothing compared to once you get into the fucking relationship stage and keeping that shit fucking fresh. It's, like, that is the real scary part. But if I could give you advice, I think that from relationships that I've had, I would urge you for you to do something crazy and aggressive and different because... A lot of times when you're like, he's not pursuing me, you got to think like, but have you pursued him lately? Like, have you dressed up in lingerie and like showed up for him one night? Because honestly, sometimes guys do get lazy once they're in relationships. And if you and so do girls. So if you aren't being aggressive and you aren't pursuing him and he doesn't feel wanted, then why would he do the same for you? You know what I mean? So I would just check yourself and be like, hey, like maybe you should do a little fun, cute night for him. And then all of a sudden he's gonna be like, oh, fuck, my bitch is so hot. Like she wants it. And then he's going to reciprocate. Okay, so funny story. Basically, I hooked up with this guy for the first time, Division One football player, and the sex was really good and kinky shit was going down. Your basic chains and whips. I don't think he could get any kinkier until after when I got home, he deadass asked me if I could suck a fruit roll up off his dick. And so my question is, when I do this, do I eat the fruit roll up before or after he finishes? That's a good question. I um think what I would do is... I would have it wrapped on his dick and I think as you're giving him head and when you're coming off his dick at times like when you're slurping up I would take parts of it and unwrap it and pull it off and put it in your mouth and then go back down on his dick and when you're coming back up like swallow the piece that's in your mouth when you get to the top I think that would be super hot so you slowly you're taking it off as you're giving him head and then eventually because I feel like once he comes the fruit roll up being still on his dick it's like uh, <laughs> uh, I'm in my post not clarity I kind of want that shit off so if I were you throughout the blow job take that shit off and eat it and be swallowing it also I kind of think it would be really hot if you took a piece off it depends how kinky is but he sounds kinky I would take a piece off rub it on your pussy and then put it up and have him eat it in his mouth I think that could be kind of hot all right daddy gang that is it for this motherfucking week's episodic um I missed you all I truly, truly, truly had fun today. I hope, I know we got a little deep and I know we had different topics and I hope you guys enjoyed that episode. 
Um, next week, I'm going to dive a little bit more into what's going on with your girl. Go follow me on social media. It's Alexandra Cooper. Go follow my YouTube channel. I just put a vlog up. And go follow Call Her Daddy on Instagram and Twitter and all the things. I love you guys. Don't forget to keep writing questions in. If you go to barstool.com and you go to Call Her Daddy, you just write in a question. And then I find you and I read you. And it's anonymous. So don't worry about getting exposed. Daddy gang, I fucking love you so much. You know the motherfucking drill. I will see you fuckers next Wednesday. This episode is brought to you by DoorDash. Want $0 delivery fees? Try Dash Pass by DoorDash. Daddy gang, I love being home. I love to be cozy, comfortable, laying on the couch. I can't tell you how many times I need something, but I am too lazy to get up and get out of the house. And sometimes I need food or groceries, you name it. Dash Pass gets it delivered right to my door and yours too. It is only $9.99 a month. So I think it's a really good deal, Daddy Gang. So get $0 delivery fees on eligible orders with Dash Pass and new members get a 30-day free trial. Terms apply. Sign up today.